It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. I hope you all are doing well. A lot to get to on this edition of Locked On Cougars. Need to talk about some rumors out there about Jeff Grimes and his potential, I guess, candidacy for an open position at LSU. We'll talk about that. We also need to look back on the 2020 year that was for BYU basketball. They're getting ready for West Coast Conference play to begin tomorrow at Pepperdine. We'll talk about that, but also take a look back at what was one of the more magnificent, I guess, spring seasons we've seen in some time from BYU basketball. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU basketball and BYU football, for that matter, like we usually do. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Built Bar, as well as our good friends over at betonline.ag. We'll tell you about both of them here in just a little while. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get into it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 30th, 2020. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU right here with the Locked On Cougars podcast. If you're new to the show, just checking us out, you've made us part of your quote-unquote New Year's resolutions. Thank you for joining us. Hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from. Leave us a five-star rating, especially on Apple Podcasts. And big thank you for your support of the podcast in advance. And big thank you to all of you who are our longtime listeners as well. Getting going on today's show, and let's talk about coaching rumors. Hey, it's that time of year, folks. Uh, the end of December, early January. This is when the quote-unquote silly season, the coaching carousel, really takes off, especially for assistant coaches. And there is a report out there. I saw it last night from a website called lsuodyssey.com. And I'll be frank right up front about this. I have no clue what LSUodyssey.com is all about, where it's from, what they're associated with, etc. But they have put out a report that BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes has, quote, been in contact with former Tigers O-line coach and current BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. Hashtag Go Tigers. Hey. I'm not going to say that this report is null and void. I, I cannot say that because I do know that Jeff Grimes is going to have a lot of interest during this upcoming coaching carousel. Does that mean he ultimately leaves BYU? I am not saying that, but I am telling you right now, everything that he has done at BYU has led to his increased interest from Power 5 programs, other G5 programs who may have some more money than what BYU is currently playing Jeff Grimes, and they're going to make plays to see if they 
they can pry him away from the Cougars. It would not be surprising to see Jeff Grimes leave, if I'm being frank about this. I think that he has gotten enough respect, enough plaudits, enough credit for what he has done with BYU's offense during the three seasons since taking over as offensive coordinator that it would be crazy not for multiple programs to be kicking the tires on him, engaging his interest, and potentially leaving Provo and going back to maybe the SEC. It would be interesting to see Jeff go back to LSU because he had a stellar run as the offensive line coach there. He's also won a national title at Auburn. He's got connections with Dave Aranda, now the head coach at Baylor. He is going to have power five interests from multiple programs. And if he does move on, he feels like this is his time to strike while the iron is hot and go get some of that power five money. I think you wish him well and say thank you for the memories, Jeff. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's great to have had you back in Provo for a second run. Of course, he previously worked under Bronco Mendenhall for a time and had some stellar offensive lines as the O-line coach uh, under Bronco Mendenhall in the mid-2000s. But really cool to see Jeff Grimes do what he did at BYU so far in his career. And there is a quote that I, I, I remember asking Jeff this maybe the first month or so that he was at BYU after returning. And I had asked him about all of his different journeys. He's coached all over the country, a lot of time spent in the South, also out here in the West coaching at Colorado and Boise State. But as he told me, and it, was, it stuck with me all of this time, all these years later, was that he said, Jake, and he me by name. He said, Jake, there's a reason why I have never been back to a program or been back to a school that I either played or coached at. He said, heck, I haven't even been back to the state of Texas since I left during my playing days there. That's the crazy thing about it. Jeff Grimes has been essentially a vagabond coach and been all over the country and coached in multiple programs, but the very first one he ever returned to was Brigham Young University. Jeff didn't have much of a connection to Provo beyond having a relationship with some of the coaches under Bronco Mendenhall before he showed up in Provo. But I think he has absolutely found the Wasatch Front to be to his liking. He likes the way of life here, the quality of life. He likes the mountains. He likes the, the, the weather, etc. Uh, maybe he doesn't like the winter per se, but I think he likes the rest of it. And I think he understands what the dynamic of what BYU is all about. The football program at BYU stands for something more than just playing football. And I think that's a very easy thing to say about the Cougars, and we talk about it all the time. But I think that he understands the dynamic of coaching at BYU and understands that it actually brings in some athletes who may be otherwise... Uh, would not look at BYU the same simply due to their affiliation with the university, due to their religious background, or having family had played in Provo, etc. I think he understands what BYU is all about, and he's been an absolutely marvelous representative for the BYU brand, and speaking of the football brand, during his time as a Cougar in both stints. If, like I said, if he does decide that this is it for him, he's going to go out and try and find his next uh, perch. Hey, you wish him nothing but the best. And I think LSU would be a great spot for him to land. There was, of course, a lot of pressure on LSU and Ed Orgeron, obviously, after winning that national title and then tumbling to the just amounts to a disappointing, humbling season for the Tigers this year. 
But I think Jeff Grimes, his cachet with what he did as a Tiger offensive line coach down there in Baton Rouge would actually make him a pretty popular hire, at least in my opinion. I can't speak for this, and maybe I have to reach out to LSUodyssey.com and some other people who cover the Tigers much closer than I do to gauge the interest level of how the fan base would feel about Jeff Grimes coming back. But what Zach Wilson did this year, I think has elevated BYU and their assistant coaches to a level that you're going to see some turnover for BYU this offseason. If, if, if Kalani Sitake escapes this upcoming offseason without any coaches leaving his staff, I will be absolutely floored and stunned. And I'll be frank, I, I don't think that it will play out that way. I just do, cannot see it happening. So not surprising to see things like this out there saying that LSU has been in contact with Jeff Grimes. I think there are going to be options for guys like Eric Mateos with a stellar offensive line that BYU has had. Wouldn't surprise me if Aaron Roderick, Fessy Satake all got looks. Steve Clark, for that matter, with what he did at tight end, replacing uh, Matt Bushman with a freshman All-American in Isaac Rex. He'd get looks. I think on the defensive side, guys like Ed Lamb, Preston Hadley, General Guilford, they've all gotten looks in the past. I don't see why they wouldn't, again, this, this go-around. So, I think that there is going to be turnover for BYU coaching-wise. I think the nice part is that Kalani Sitake, he has always talked openly about wanting his assistant coaches to take those quote-unquote next steps in their coaching journey. He believes multiple guys on his staff right now are going to be head coaches one day. And I'll tell you this much, Kalani will not stand in the way of those guys getting those opportunities. So we'll see if this report is accurate. We'll see if more comes out about this and what other coaches may get opportunities from Kalani Sitake's staff, but with what BYU did this year, folks, 11-1, and looking like at least a top 15, maybe an outside shot at a top 10 ranking in the final national rankings when those come out here in a week or so. I think that BYU, if they escape not having any coaches leave for another year in a row, that'll be a miracle to me. It'd be an absolute miracle if that does not happen. So we'll be tracking that for you guys. This is the time of year when you start to hear all those rumors and we'll pass along anything we learn slash hear like we usually do. Because like, As I say in the open all the time, we want to be your guys' one-stop shop for all of the BYU sports news you guys need to know about it, as well as insider information that you will not and cannot find anywhere else. So stay tuned every day to this podcast throughout this very important time and of course we'll see how things are remade with Kalani Sitake if and when guys do move on and get other gigs outside of Provo. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we do need to talk a little bit about BYU basketball. Look back at the year that was for the Cougars. How good was that team in Mark Pope's first year? How deep could they have gone in the NCAA tournament had it been held? We'll talk about that. We'll also take a little bit of a look ahead to West Coast Conference play this year. Where does BYU factor into the West Coast Conference race? A lot to get to on that front. We'll get to it here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. Love this company, folks. I crow about Built Bar all of the time, but I mean it. They are the best tasting protein bars on the market. I carry them in my backpack wherever I go. They're the perfect complement to my diet. A lot of you making plans right now with New Year's and your New Year's resolutions to lose weight, maybe get into the gym and get shredded, add that muscle, etc. You're planning on dieting. I'll tell you this much. Built Bar is the perfect complement for wherever you're at on your health journey. Go to BuiltBar.com, learn more about it. There are 20 
unique flavors. They're soft and easy to chew. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They taste legitimately, legitimately like a candy bar. They are the best protein bars I have ever had in my entire life. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON while you're there. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Save yourself 20% on your next order at Built Bar. Like I said, the best tasting protein bars. You can save some significant money when you use that promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Get there. Use that promo code and thank us later that it's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and enjoy the best tasting protein bars anywhere. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, folks, of course, it's year's end. We have one more day here in 2020 to go. And it's natural for many of us to look back on the year that was and examine what we learned. And I want to do that and use BYU basketball as our prism for this discussion. Of course, many of you will recall fondly the stellar run that BYU had in January through March of this year. Just absolutely incredible before COVID shut everything down. It looked like that BYU under Mark Pope's first year was going to be a trendy pick to make a Sweet 16, if not deeper run in NCAA tournament. I was on board with that. I really felt like the team that Mark Pope had assembled, seven different seniors who all had different skill sets, guys who had had game winners in their careers, a former player of the year in the WAC and Jake Toulson, TJ Hawes and Yuli Childs, four-year stalwarts for BYU, Zach Selyus, the ultimate glue guy, just to name a few of the guys on that roster it looked like they had all the pieces to make a great run. And then COVID hit and shut it all down. The NCAA tournament canceled. Uh, I think almost just like a nightmare scenario for the NCAA. They had no intention of shutting it down before they were essentially forced to because it's an absolutely massive cash cow for the NCAA, if not their number one cash cow, because they make literally billions with a B off of that tournament. They distribute millions to their member schools obviously from those but to see that canceled and to see that season for BYU just snuffed out like that was man as disappointing an outcome as I think I've seen in some time because we will always now try to figure out what could have been and they're not the only program who's going to look back on 2020 and wonder what might have been for themselves because there are other programs out there who looked plenty formidable going into that tournament, but this is a BYU podcast, and Mark Pope now has a 9-2 and record going into West Coast Conference play. They're getting ready to face off against Pepperdine tomorrow. Actually, a tip-off time change that has been moved to 4 o'clock Pacific time, 5 o'clock Mountain time on ESPN2. It was originally set for 2 p.m. Pacific time, 3 o'clock Mountain on ESPNU because of some other things. Schedule got jumbled a bit, and they will play on ESPN. PN2 tomorrow evening rather than mid-afternoon, so stay tuned for that. We'll preview that game more in depth on tomorrow's podcast, but 
looking back at what 2020 has brought for BYU basketball, it's just been a really, really interesting thing because, of course, those seven seniors left the BYU basketball program, and it seemed like uh, for a time there, you wondered how Mark Pope was going to go about revamping this roster, what he would do to replace the talent, the senior leadership that he was losing, uh, what, half the roster left, and what he has done so far this season, speaking of what we've seen in this 11 games we have seen them play to this point, has been nothing short of proving that Mark Pope, he knows what he's doing. There's a reason why BYU gave him that hefty contract extension shortly after that first year was completed. They wanted to make sure that he was taken care of and he was going to be locked in with BYU for the long term. Does that mean that he's going to stay at BYU for the entirety of that contract? No one really has a no way of nobody really has a way of knowing outside of Mark Pope. He'll have to make that make that decision for himself. But BYU capitalized, made sure that they locked him up because they saw what he has been able to do and what he's proven now in year two so far is that he understands what goes into roster building. He understands how to use the transfer portal, how to use high school recruiting, junior college recruiting to bring guys together. But also when you get those guys together who are from different backgrounds, they've been playing at different programs, etc. He has proven, along with his staff, to be adept at making sure these guys understand their roles. That BLRA moniker, the best locker room in America moniker, is legitimate. BYU wants to make sure that guys come into this program, they feel like they are engaged, they know what they're doing, they know what the expectations for themselves are. And they know what they are going to be accomplishing while they are a Cougar. And that is a credit to what Mark Pope has brought to the BYU basketball program. Dave Rose had an absolutely stellar run for BYU. And I still thought he would have had a great run even if Mark Pope didn't take over when he took over. But Dave Rose, I think things had stagnated a little bit under his tenure. And a change in leadership apparently served BYU well. I don't think you can disagree with that. I think what Mark Pope did for the Cougars in coming in in year one and now approaching the midway point of year two has been nothing short of remarkable. It has been a great run of three different coaches over the two-plus decades since that debacle in 1996-1997 when they went 1-25. Steve Cleveland resurrected this program, rebuilt it from the ashes. Dave Rose uh, really took over when it seemed like uh, Cleveland had taken taken it as far as he could. Took it to new heights. That sweet 16 run with Jimmer Fredette will never be forgotten. And then he hands it off to Mark Pope. And a year and a half into his tenure, it looks like he is set up for another extended run of great basketball in Provo. The only problem for the BYU basketball program is there is this behemoth standing in their way in the West Coast Conference by the name of Gonzaga. And this is the best. This year's version of Gonzaga is the best that Mark Few has had in his two plus decades coaching in Spokane. If they do not win the national title this year, speaking of the Bulldogs, I will be stunned. They have absolutely obliterated everybody that's been put in front of them, nationally ranked and non-ranked. doesn't matter. They are taking care of business. They look so polished, so good, that I do not see a way that BYU beats them this season. That's just my hot take right now. I do not see a way that BYU, in either their road game up there at the McCarthy Center, or their home game in Provo at the Marriott Center, I don't see how BYU beats them. Even in a conference tournament format, whether it's in the semifinals or the West Coast Conference Finals, potentially, 
I just don't see Gonzaga losing. They're that good. They have so much talent. But that's not to take away anything from what Mark Pope has got. I think BYU firmly right now is the second best team in the West Coast Conference. And I believe over the next two or so months, I guess three months technically, they will prove that. They will go out in West Coast Conference play and firmly establish themselves as the second best team. The the other team outside of Gonzaga that's the best team in the conference. And if they do that they will be an NCAA tournament team. I have full faith that Mark Pope will get to the NCAA tournament this year because I'll tell you this much. The NCAA, this year, more than even last year, or I guess earlier this year, they have no interest in canceling the NCAA tournament. They have looked at potentially hosting it in one spot at, in Indianapolis, likely, where they play all the tournament games there. The NCAA tournament will take place barring something unforeseen, a, a presidential declaration that, you know what, sports are not to happen, etc. That would have to happen for the NCAA tournament not to take place. And I think that BYU will be in that tournament field come tournament time. Only time will tell if that ultimately will play out the way I envision it happening, but I am really, really impressed with the Mark, what Mark Pope has brought to BYU. It has been incredible to see him do what he has done for the BYU basketball program. He is set up now, I think, to have another great run. I think he has got himself annually probably in the NCAA tournament conversation. If he continues to recruit and put rosters together the way he has in the first two years of his tenure. And you you wondered after that first year how he would go about it. If he could replicate what he did in year one. Well, so far so good. 9-2 and two, an upset win over San Diego State on the road there at the Vieja Center. This looks very much like a team who I think is going to be plenty formidable for the rest of the West Coast Conference teams outside of Gonzaga when it comes to conference play. It all begins tomorrow at Pepperdine, a place that BYU traditionally has struggled since joining the West Coast Conference, but I'll tell you what, I am extremely bullish on this BYU basketball squad, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they've got up their sleeves for the West Coast Conference coming up. But 2020, just a crazy, crazy year, and one of those things we'll always look back on and say, you know what, had that tournament taken place, that NCAA tournament, how deep could BYU have gone? What could have Yoli Childs, TJ Hawes, Jake Toulson, what could they have done in their final hurrah for BYU if they got that chance in March Madness? We'll never know, and that's the disappointing part about it. But now you look forward to 2021, and here's hoping this year's version of the Cougar, Cougar Cagers, they can go out and absolutely get after it and capitalize on what we should expect to be an NCAA tournament berth come this March. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll run down some of the other news and notes involving BYU athletics we need to get to on today's podcast. Before we do that, though, today's show is brought to you by our good friends at betonline.ag, guys. There is one place and one place only that I trust to do my sports betting, and that's betonline.ag. What I love about it is the payouts are very quick. They have a free online sign-up for your account. You go to betonline.ag, put in your information. It's all encrypted. It's all taken care of. And the best part is, right now, when you sign up at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Yes, free money to bet with when you go to betonline.ag and sign up and use that promo 
code locked on, guys. They have everything covered for you. You like prop bets, you like the NBA, you like college basketball, you like uh, college football bowl season, the NFL playoffs upcoming. No matter what it is, they've got you covered. They've got the odds, they've got the bookmakers that can make sure that you're taken care of. And hopefully, you guys can cash in and make some money. So once again, go to betonline.ag, sign up. Make sure you put in that promo code locked on and get a 50% welcome bonus from our good friends at Bet Online. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, as we wrap up here on a Wednesday edition of the show, I did want to talk about a unique award out there. And your guys' thoughts on what you make of Barstool Sports may vary. I know some of the people can't stand them. I think for the most part, they're pretty funny for the most part. Uh, pardon my take, one of their podcasts actually has a really cool thing they're doing. And it's unique because they have been named as the Loman Trophy, which is an award that they created out of thin air which is going to the best fullback in the country. And they, it's obviously a gag that they use on the podcast because fullbacks don't get much love. They're kind of a dying breed, the position in football. But Mason Wake is one of the five finalists for the Loman Trophy that, pardon my take, is awarding this year. And Mason Wake, guys... I love this young man. I had one of the best interviews I have ever had. You could go back and listen to it. It was back last October as BYU was getting ready to take on Utah State. Mason had started to make some plays for BYU, and I had a chance to speak with him one-on-one. And He went on this just this epic rant about his motivation for wanting to go up and punk Utah State because he felt like they had done him dirty in the recruiting game and everything. And This is a young man who plays with a lot of emotion and is just an absolutely phenomenal player. Many of you will recall the quote-unquote air wake moments we saw all this year as he was leaping over defenders despite being six foot one, 250 pounds. Also had the ability to truck dudes. I think there was that one block he had against Houston where he meets this guy in the hole and just absolutely obliterates the defender, flat backs him, and it's just kind of the epitome of what Mason Wake does. He just does the dirty work. A preferred walk-on from Lone Peak High School doesn't expect much for himself, but I'll tell you what, I have been impressed with everything Mason Wake has done since he showed up at BYU, and it's cool to see him as a sophomore being one of the five finalists in contention for the Loman Trophy from Barstool Sports, and pardon my take. So here's hoping that Mason Wake gets that opportunity to go win the award. You can go to Pardon My Take on Twitter and see the quote-unquote hype video they made for him. It shows him leaping over defenders, running guys over, uh, that screen pass, the underhand flip, Mahomes-esque pass that he caught from Zach Wilson in the Houston game to score a touchdown. I know many people wondered why Mason Wake wasn't used more heavily down the stretch of the season. I think teams started keying on him. I think they realized what he was capable of, and he became one of those guys that you just had a game plan for and take out of the game plan for BYU. The good news is with regards to Wake, they've got two more years of him at least in a BYU uniform. 
Eligibility this year is frozen, so technically he could take advantage of playing for three more years in the college game. And if he continues to play the way he has, wouldn't surprise me to see him listed as a finalist for the Lowman Trophy, if not win the award outright at some point in his career. So congratulations to Mason Wake on that honor, and I wanted to mention that on today's podcast. All right, that's going to do it. That'll do it for a Wednesday edition of the show. The final edition of 2020 comes your guys' way tomorrow. Think about that. We have made it through another calendar year, and I cannot believe that we have made it, but 2021 is upon us, folks. We'll have a lot more on tomorrow's podcast. We'll preview the game against Pepperdine for BYU basketball. We'll also talk about whatever the latest is in BYU football. Maybe by this point, Zach Wilson will have announced that he's going pro. Who knows? But we'll have it all covered for you regardless on another edition of Locked On Cougars bright and early tomorrow morning. Have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 30th, 2020, and we will talk to you guys manana. Listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.